Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Hello and welcome to the It's M Amazing Radio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have come full circle in this internet roundtable with your host this week. It is I, the presentable one, Kid Presentable, uh, taking over duties this week, you know, mixing it up. Um, you're about to hear my rambling and nonsense kind of lead the charge this week. But luckily, I have a full squad with me and with us, as always, is DJ Mark. What's up? We got the New Yorker, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. And coming with us with a totally unique greeting that he's had in his back pocket for the last couple weeks. Oh, Jesus. Is Dr. Law. Greetings, everyone. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, he did it. (laughs) Simple. I like it. Well, fellas, uh, we had a busy slate of uh, fights this past week, and we got another busy one coming up, plus the fight of the century, which we are going to talk about and highlight justly. By the end of this podcast, we will no longer be It's M Amazing. It will be the It's Boxing, future, past, present, and all-time greatest sport in the world, as long as it features the Paul Brothers radio. Sounds good, everyone? (laughs) Very catchy. (laughs) Good name. Um, but yeah, we may as well get it kicked off. Uh, we again, we had a UFC card, we had a Bellator card, we had the debuting on what is the channel? TNT, uh, brother. TNT, uh, one FC coming all the way from Singapore to bring us their best and brightest stars in what Bobby could only I, he could only describe to me as a dumpster fire would have been better. Just you know, like the picture the the fire log we get on Christmas. And then occasionally someone turns it, but just a dumpster. Oh, I love and occasionally the someone fans that flame. <laughs> but um, we'll start with our UFC card this week. Um, it was it was the, probably the highest quality fighters. We have possible future contenders, Marvin Vittori going against um, one Kevin Holland. But as I promised last week when we were making our picks, before I toss it to DJ Mark to break down what happened, I had a caveat when I picked Kevin Holland. Mm. I had a caveat of I was putting my faith in him, but it was possibly for the last time. And after that performance, after seeing some 50-44s on the judging scorecards, that was the last time, ladies and gentlemen. Because I have to say, not since Rashad Evans versus Leota Machida, when Bobby said, he's fine, he's got this, (laughs) has he made as horrible of a call as when he named one Kevin Holland Fighter of the Year. Okay. Whoa! 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 I just want to say, I'm really enjoying not hosting every week. It's a lot less stress and work. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm immediately catching fucking strays here. The man. First of all, we're not even sure I made it Fighter of the Year. None of you are gonna go back and listen. I can deny it right now. We didn't. We didn't post. We can't it. even okay. verify it ourselves. Okay. This was in fact. In your fairness, Homeboy won like five fights in eight months. Right. <laughs> But COVID apparently against a bunch of cans, Bobby, man. Honestly, Steph, last week we talked about it. Was this a bad idea? Seems like a bad idea, brother. No, doing this this quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I am here to bury him a little bit, but I will say this kind of reminds me of one Phil Davis, who was very active in a portion of his UFC career. And one thing we noticed is 
Sky doesn't seem to be making any noticeable improvements fight to fight. He kind of shows up and he's the same exact guy. I think we can all appreciate that Kevin Holland is game taking a fight on short notice to kind of saving the fight from being scrapped entirely. But man, when your whole in your ground game are as clear and like as night and day as this guy, you got to take some time and reset. But Mark, I'll go ahead and send it to you. Like, what did we see in this fight? Yeah, I mean, it is easy to look at just the scorecard and say Kevin Holland didn't make a lot of improvement. He, he fought a better fight this fight than he did against Derek Brunson, even though he didn't. In the Brunson fight, I think it was in the second round, he had a moment where it seemed like he might be able to pull it off. In the fifth round, he came out pretty strong. In this fight, we saw him try a bit more on the ground. You know, there was definitely some attempts at escapes. I think there were a couple times he was able to get back up. But overall, yeah, he fell into the same trappings that he did with Brunson. I, for my money, I think... Uh, Marvin Vittori had a little bit more tools to work with. I think his stand-up was a little bit better than Brunson. He was able to engage when he got inside to, to land some decent shots and get those takedowns. And and again, to, to Kevin Holland's credit, he still had moments where it's like, yeah, this dude can swing. And sitting on the outside with this guy is a bad idea because he was landing straight punches. He was landing good kicks. Um, it just obviously wasn't enough. You know, Marvin was able to steal a lot of rounds by, you know, getting him on the ground and, you know, being able to hold him there. But still, um, Kevin did show... I Because mean, I think what was so frustrating in the Brunson fight was he was talking a lot of shit, which he always does, which is just part of his character, which I think was one thing I was disappointed in in this fight. I think he definitely toned that down. I think he kind of... He's, he heard a lot of the heat he got from that last fight. There was way too much trash talking. It didn't seem like he was trying. He de You can definitely tell he was trying a lot harder in this fight. There was a lot less... He's not talking to Habib. He seemed a lot more focused compared to his last fight but ultimately the results were pretty much the same uh it was a good it was a good showing for marvin you know he got a good win obviously he's campaigning for a title fight and i think he's five and holland was 10 so this win isn't gonna like shoot him up in the ranks but you know like you said it was a short notice fight he, he got the rounds in and he looked good he looked strong uh he looked like you know he's able to go five hard rounds and you know while it wasn't easy he, he got it done yeah bob I think a good description of this fight would be that we uh, we gave Marvin Vittori an IQ test here, folks. A real simple one. And a lot of people were thought Marvin Vittori is just a psychopath because, in fairness, the words that come out of his mouth make you question his sanity. Sometimes a rage issues. But he passed the IQ test. He fought a guy with a giant hole in his game and acted accordingly. He's not getting a title shot. He would have had to put a stamp on this one, and he didn't. Um... Kevin Holland, I read somewhere, someone said, uh, send his ass to Dagestan and don't let him come back for seven months, which sounds a little harsh because I don't think Dagestan seems like the greatest place to visit, but I get the point. Like he needs to go away for a while. Like we need to, we need to see somebody. We need to, I don't want to see him fight for four months at least. And most, that's a lot. Most of my takeaway was, is like, I think he's really exciting. He's a great stand-up fighter. I just mm -hmm. don't want to see him fight wrestlers right now. Like, especially back to back. Like he, we knew going into this fight, like it was going to be tough. He's not, he does not have the time to make the adjustments he needs to make. And after seeing this fight, he still had moments where he's like, damn, he looks good. He is dangerous. He is dangerous on the outside. You, you do not want to stand at distance with this guy because not only are his hands, but he, he kicks fucking hard and he throws them out. But mostly I was like, man, you know what? I really want to see him fight another striker. I want to see him more in his element. I mean, obviously, that's not playing to him getting better as a fighter. Like Bobby said, you know, if, if he's looking at capturing the title, he needs to work on that. Yeah, and going to a camp or somewhere where he can really drill in that stuff and get a lot better on escapes. And a lot of it was takedown defense. Uh, you know, 
it, it, he has a lot of things where it's kind of rudimentary. A lot of his takedown defensing was trying to go for guillotines and not digging in underhooks. And Marvin was just too good at the wrestling to to do what what DC was calling the windshield washer. He's going to take one angle, you block that angle, he goes to the other. He's going to get those angles and get those takedowns on you. Um, so I mean, for me, it's like okay, I, now we know Kevin Holland. He he really needs to work on the wrestling. I just he's so exciting standing up. It's like I do just want him to. I want his next fight to be more of a stand up fighter. Maybe someone that has a little bit of wrestling, but I want to see him bang because that's where he really shines. Yeah, Mike, give your two cents. Uh, chime in. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, we saw what an improvement in takedown defense to someone who's a market striker can do for you. That guy's name was Francis Ngannou. The first fight that he had against Stipe, Stipe was able to take him down and control him in the clinch. He wasn't able to use his prodigious power. Second fight, we saw that sprawl in that first round, and I think all of us let out a collective, oh shit, Stipe might be fucked. There was three, was it two or three years between those fights? Yeah. That's a that's uh, kind of thing. Like Holland didn't have that, but like no. I agree with you, Mike. That's what you need. Like if, if he's even thinking about title contention, we need to see that improvement to be like where he goes from not just being defensive, but then to being able to understand these positions so well that he can go in for offense, right? Because that's basically what happened with with Francis. Like not only was he defending, he's like Oh, I can I can get this guy's back right now, and he went for it. And that I think that for me that was even more impressive than the sprawl. I know everyone shits a brick when he sprawls, but it was like everyone knows how to sprawl. Holland Everybody was sprawling. Loves a good sprawl, Mark. It, it was a good sprawl, but Kevin Holland was sprawling. But you need more than just you can't just throw your hips back in your legs and be like, oh, that's all I need for takedown defense. Because Marvin Vittori, like I was saying, how you counteract the sprawl is you do the windshield, you get the angle because the sprawl works when you go in straight, and that angle is is cut off to you because the legs are too far away. You turn the angle. Now you can get a single leg and work off of that. So yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I would like to see that improvement because he, I think it's a good comparison because he has that kind of Francis power. If he touches you, you saw a jock, right? He was on his fucking back. And when he throws those fists, he can land and do a lot of damage. And that's another a little tweak I had on him is when he did land shots, he does go a little berserker. And when he landed on Marvin, Marvin just needed to get inside, and he didn't have to work to get inside because once he kind of hurt him, he comes forward really aggressive, and he ruins the range that he set up for those good shots. So, yeah, th- there's definitely needs some improvement for Kevin. You know, he's he's definitely been exposed in these last two fights. But for me as a fan, it's like I still I'm still intrigued by him, but I want a matchup where I think he's going to be able to potentially shot. I think him and Till would be so fun. Um, but yeah, th- this is not a good matchup. And you know what's one of the weird things that it's a weird curse in him having won five fights in about eight months in 2020. Um, you know, becoming becoming Bobby's fighter of the year for 2020. And that, as you said, Mark, it catapulted him into, well, you got to fight these higher echelon guys that maybe he wasn't ready for. Look, Bobby, we all... We all invest in bad stock from time no, to time. No, I, I, just, I got, just own your Kevin. I, I got, I got a good, I got a comparison. I might have picked him for fight of the year too. To be <laughs> completely fair. I just want to say this is like in the UFC game in your career mode when you're winning too many times, too fast, and like your guy's not actually good, and then Stefan comes to your house, and all of a sudden you got to face uh, yeah. Quentin Jackson. You, Stefan knocks out Forrest Griffin, and you got to face Bob, Quentin Bobby Jackson. Just got signed to the UFC. <laughs> I'm like, hey, let me play your career mode real quick. <laughs> I got a one punch knockout. Suddenly, Bobby's like he slingshot into the title picture. Yeah, Rampage hit my guy so hard, I got lifted off the ground. All right, it, it did not seem like a glitch. They made a statement on my on me. 
Yeah, a little Only too much too bad. soon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> well, I think we all agree. Holland, he he's got a lot of things he's needed to work on. Um, again, I think we agree. Vittori, if he wanted to jump ahead of the line, he needed a more exciting finish, something more really stamp it. Um, since that didn't happen, does anyone got a name? Who who does he get that against now? So if he's not next, who who does he go? Who, what is the fight that launches him to that title shot that he does want? The loser of the main event this weekend? Yeah, Gasolum. No, no, no. Uh, the winner's getting a title the shot. Isn't it, isn't it Gasolum versus Rob, Bobby Knuckles? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Whoever, that one, that one I think bad. the winner's getting a title shot, rightful or not. I mean, Izzy fought 12 guys to get this title shot to begin with, it seems like. So I think that's where I liked him and Till, but Till's collarbone, that's going to be a long injury. I, I, I like that matchup because that, that would have been a good test. He needs someone in the top five. So, I mean, there's not a ton of people ahead of him. Right, I think. Yeah, what is the top? Think Does anybody have the top five? Just out of curiosity, I don't, do we I know? don't have it up. I like, imagine. Um, what about Kim the, 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 the the big uh, the big Brazilian guy who was yoked and is the sorest loser we've ever seen. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, oh Acosta. That'd be a good one. He, he, he's that he's probably in the in that'd the five as well. Um. Yeah. So yeah, so, I think with Gasol and Whitaker, we got to see middleweight rankings for you guys just very quickly. Obviously, Adesanya is a champ. Uh, then in descending order from number one, Robert Whitaker, Paulo Costa, Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson, and Darren Till. Ooh, him and Brunson could be really bad. That is not, that is not a right sexy now, huh? fight. That's not a sexy fight on paper, but it kind of makes sense. They have a common opponent that they both just beat in like almost the same fashion. They both had there's both moments where they fight. got <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marvin, it's be Marvin Vittori is right out of the top five at six. Okay. As, as you say those names, Mark, it's like both these guys have just hot, uh, main evented fight nights. But if you put them together, no, that's way. like the opening fight of another of a better card. I, by, by the way, I'm going to defend myself for not watching this card. If you have to start a card this goddamn early, just so you don't want to compete with WrestleMania night one, that card shouldn't be happening that day, folks. We shouldn't even have had this card. Uh, these fights just, need to happen. <laughs> you just do what I do. You wake up really early on Sunday, like five I had to watch. Morning. I had to watch another fucking five hours of WrestleMania on Sunday. There's only so many no, hours. Well, yeah, in I guess. The day. I guess you. Because me, it's like I'm waking up at five in the morning. I'm like, well, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom. Well, I can watch a Marvin Vittori fight right now. Well, I was busy on Saturday when this fight was going on. I was looking at furniture. I know but that's what I'm saying. You guys, it's you exciting. Watch it after it's an fact. exciting day. Watch it on Sunday. Cut, cut the crap. Get just the good stuff. Was there anything else on um, this card? Honest question. Yeah, we, yeah. I, uh, we'll go over it quickly. Uh, the one I was going to toss to Mike. I did watch the it was a fight. short fight. You didn't watch it, but uh, the other fight we picked on this, Mackenzie Derns defeating Nina Nunez. By the way, that mm. was my first time seeing her name as Nina Nunez. Me too. Um, formerly uh, Miss Nina Ansaroff. I'm not going to lie to any of y'all. When I looked at MMA Junkie later on on Saturday night, and I saw Nina Nunez, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> did Nina Ansaroff get? Like, did she get late, late scratch? Who the hell is Nina Nunez? All right, I guess I got to take this fight off of the predictions post. No, it no, didn't no. click in my head until last night. Wait a second. That's Amanda Nunez's last name. Oh, okay. I'm an idiot. Well, that's it. She, she won with a uh, sub. We had a lot to cover, so I'll, I'll cover the rest of this card fast because there's some oh, interesting wait. tidbits. Just very, very quickly, I feel that some people were casting aspersions on your boy last week. Saying that I was picking Mackenzie Dern for other reasons. And was what, what did she go out and do? What did she go out and do? She First to... round, bam, let me get that on. Mike, What's do you follow up? her on Instagram? Of course I do. Okay, just making sure. 
got that cleared up. Now let's move on. <laughs> got to get those armbar tips, Bobby. You know, got to get that good setup. How to break the hand grip. Um, that said, Arnold Allen, um, he's one of the rarities in UFC where he is a prospect that they are slow building. Um, and we got a nice decision win over Sadiq Youssef. Uh, not quite a ranked guy, but a, a tough kind of prospect in his own right. So Arnold Allen continues his ascent. Um, Julian Marquez defeated Smiling Sam Alvey. And if you don't remember who Julian Marquez is, he ha- he's better known by his nickname, which is one of the great nicknames in MMA. And that is the Cuban Missile Crisis. And if you remember anything about the Cuban Missile Crisis, is that he had one of the weirdest post-fight speeches in the history of MMA, where he asked Miley Cyrus out on a date, and then he invented some type of hashtag about which fan base city is the loudest. Hit me up at some hashtag that he made up on the spot. Um, And then he famously blew it with Miley Cyrus, who did respond to his message, who no one would have thought happened. Um, But here he was again, this time calling out Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, asking him to play a game of pickleball to see who is the baddest motherfucker in Kansas City. Um, So, guys, I just want to ask you, what is he going to say next to Patrick Mahomes that offends him, and Patrick Mahomes then cancels their game of pickleball? What the hell is pickleball? He's going to ask him to get a tattoo and henna of... He's going to say the same thing as before. Get a henna tattoo of my stupid fucking name. That's that's all he wants. That's his endgame, Stefan. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is pickleball the one where you throw the ball against the wall and you have to tag it before they get it back? I, I thought, thought it was just when you're playing pickle. I thought pickle. Where does is, pickle it come in? is it pickle between the two trees and you're trying to yeah, throw? That's yeah, what, that's what I thought. Yeah, Bobby. I don't I, know if that's official. I don't know if that's, that's official. That's what we played. I got a tennis ball. I got a tennis ball to the back. That's what I. That's that, that game. A lot. That's yeah. why I didn't like that game too much. <laughs> is there is there a pickle that's a ball? I, I'm still not understanding. No, you know what a pickle is in baseball? Yeah, it's like you're in a pickle. You're in between two areas. You gotta you gotta get to the other tree. There's something that prompts you having to run from one tree to the other, and then you. I thought, and if you don't get there in time. They get to throw the ball into your back. No, they get, they, they get to, they get to throw. To they get both to, sound familiar. They get to throw it to you at you while you're running. I thought is what it was. Either way, I, I remember being but... introduced to this game in elementary school and thinking, right. "That's messed up. Why do I want to play?" Yeah, this I mean, game? I, I, I'm short and, and big, man. I was a big target. I got hit a lot with the play with the goddamn tennis ball. We, right? we never played pickleball in anywhere. Not East Coast thing. I mean, again, me and Mark are talking no. about a game that he may have been talking about, but this is a game me and Mark true. learned. That's very true. John Baldwin Elementary. What up? Game. There's some sadistic game where yeah, you'd lose, and then they you have to put your hands up against the wall like they're patting you I, down, I, I and that's then that's you a, just I, knock I, him with the ball. Is that just <laughs> if you lose? That's just a game you lose, and that's yeah. what you got to you know line up. Yeah, that's the punishment. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a punishment to this game. Um, Tell that us in the said, Julian Marquez remains a character with his weird, interesting post fights. Um, on the other end, which is a topic of note. uh Mike Perry lost, and he lost bad, and this is a character in MMA, you probably have strong feelings about him one way or another, he's been a character both entertaining and both terrible, he's got a lot of not good stories associated with him, but this was one of the beatings of his career, where he really didn't look like he had anything, I mean, any of you guys have thoughts on just what remains for Mike Perry? He's kind of been an aimless guy the last couple of years. What happens next with this guy? What is what is the uh, life coach version of go to Dagestan for seven months? Because he needs to do that. He need we need to see this guy get his shit together life wise. Like for and th- this is not the promotion to do that in because Dana White doesn't care. Not that he should necessarily be concerned about your personal life on that level, but like you gotta, he's gotta take some stock of his own fucking life. And- you know, I don't even think I don't even think it's that he he doesn't have a substance abuse problem. It's just it's anger. It, 
it, it seems like he just has some 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 mental issues. Yeah, no, they have a coach. Like. Does he have a coach anymore? Or is I don't think girl? he still does. No. I mean, no, he's, he's still just, rocking out on his own. He's not good enough to just be putting together a training camp. I don't think anyone is. <laughs> I don't think any top athlete can just wing it. When you get to this level, you, you kind of need a structure around you. But you I, I really hope he pulls it together. At, at this point, he, he has a kid now. Um, so it's not just him that he has to worry about the financial security for. So uh, put it for him, you know, for, for what that's worth. Yeah, we'll see. You know, no one's really rooting for anyone to go down a terrible path. Hopefully he can get things in order. But we'll jump now to Bellator where we kicked off the uh, – did we kick it off? This is the kickoff, right? Yeah, yeah yes, we kicked sir. off the light heavyweight tournament. Uh, we got Ryan Bader taking on Lyoto Machida. Um, Mark, what did we see in this one? We saw a really good first round from Lyoto. Lyoto's first round was like, he might beat Bader. He Because he, at distance, Bader did not really know what to do. And he was lighting him up with. And when he had a couple instances, it was like, he might jump into a punch here. He's coming forward and Lyoto is waiting for that punch just to land itself. Uh, it, he won that first round handedly. Uh, the second on was all Bader. Bader was finally able to be more aggressive, put a lot more pressure on him, get him against the cage, and ultimately get those takedowns. And what Bader did really well was his top game was really good. He did not let Lyoto get up. He had it. He was. He made him ride him the whole time. He made Lyoto tired on the bottom. He did good ground and pound. He worked the body well. He he looked really good. You know, once after that first round, that first round was very like, ooh, this Lyoto might be able to pull it off at forty two. I saw that tail of tape. I was like, God damn, that guy's fucking old. Forty two is ancient. Do you see his face? Sports. That dude's that, that dude's got the mileage on him, man. Father time's a motherfucker. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, and Bader was putting it on him. He he was really doing some good ground and pound and just making Lyoto work a lot on the bottom and tiring him out. You could tell Lyoto was spent. Uh so it, it was you know, it was a performance that we kind of thought Bader would do you know this is what he needed to do to beat Lyoto you know to get that win back uh that first round was a little shaky but once he got past that he looked good he looked he looked to be in the form that you know we saw him in the was he was there a lightweight tournament before that he got the belt I can't remember if he went through one of these before I know he did for heavyweight he might have just got the belt because you know I think he just, not, beat, he just beat Ryan Bader that was I mean beat uh Phil Davis and that was it they, they, did, they did a mini tournament right wasn't he in that mini tournament with Phil Davis? No, because Phil not. Davis won that mini tournament. Mini tournament. That's right. Okay, so but he looked good. He looked good. He looked great. Um, that's it. I couldn't find the full picture bracket. Do we know which winner of what matchup Bader no. fights next? I think they no. Someone, I, Luke Tom. I was listening to Luke Thomas show, and he was saying that Ryan Bader probably t- is taking. I don't know if there's he, he was wrong or not, but he said I don't Ryan Bader's official. He's saying Ryan Bader is going to face the Corey Anderson, the other gen- against the other gentleman fight. Okay. the winner of that. Um, because I would keep Brian Bader away from Nemkov if you think that's what the uh, finals are going to be, because we saw how well that went the first time. Um, well, wouldn't you want to get them earlier so it doesn't potentially <laughs> wind up in the finals? Um, I, I mean, that's, that's it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he's the second we'll most popular guy in the division. Ryan Bader. I mean, sure. those are the two. Those are the two most relevant guys in the division, quite frankly, at this point. So that does make sense. Um, also on this Bellator card, we had two um women's veterans of the UFC who came out on top. We had Liz Carmouche defending uh, Vanessa Porto by unanimous decision. And she was one of my personal favorite fighters when she was in the UFC. I'm happy to see Kat Zingano get a submission armbar finish over Olivia Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what the state of the women's division is in Bellator, but happy to see some familiar faces get a, a win. Um, and now we're going to talk about the debuting 1FC uh, card on TNT, which featured two former uh, UFC champions. They're putting a lot of their eggs in the basket of this uh, show launch. We had um, former 
was it flyweight that yes, Mighty sir. Mouse was a champion? Uh, DJ Mighty Mouse uh, Johnson and uh, one Eddie Alvarez, who for one shining moment, as the recently concluded March Madness would say, uh, he had his glorious day over Rafael Dos Anjos to become the light heavyweight champion, followed by one of the worst days of his career in losing that belt to Conor McGregor. But um, highest highs, the lowest lows. I but mean, yeah, fi- both his, highest, were- his highest height was on uh, Fight Pass. So <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> that is true. Wasn't that was like a random Thursday card when they were shooting? Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't even know we were all watching. Then all of a sudden, after he won, we all start texting each other like, you see that shit? <laughs> Eddie won. He looked good that fight. He looked great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe Mark and I picked uh, Eddie, and it was one of our proud days because we're like, we don't feel good about this, but we like him. Yeah. Um, and it just panned out. Dosanios was in Terminator mode, brother. You because you, you watched this card. I think Mike was watching it with you. Um, and all I remember were a bunch of messages. I forgot this card was happening. I just remember all the uh, the fire and dumpster emojis going <laughs> off in our group text. So why don't you tell us what happened, Bob? All right, just so I'm on the same page here. Mike and I watched the actual broadcast and the disaster yes. therein. Mark watched the fights later where mm-hmm. it limited the damage of what he had seen, okay? Mm-hmm. So we get this first fight. It's Eddie Alvarez versus uh, Yuri Lapicus. Um, Eddie Alvarez, a minute into the fight, starts uncorking some illegal strikes to the back of the head. Five of them, apparently. They were illegal, I guess, though there was a nice debate between the commentators after whether it was or wasn't illegal, shots to the back of the head. Apparently, if you hit the ear too, it's not illegal. But in this case, Eddie Alvarez was just hitting this dude in the back of the head. So a minute into this fight, we have confusion about the rules. Uh, We have a guy on the ground, dead from the illegal strikes, apparently. And Eddie Alvarez gets a red card, which in 1FC means... Uh, you're disqualified, and we're taking some of your money. Um, which seemed a bit harsh. Um, so immediately, Mike and I already, I already talking about like, oh, this, this is already bad. This is already going bad. And then they're like, well, let's, let's, you know, let's. We, we got, uh, we got Rich Franklin. We got the other cat. I forgot his name already. We got Michael Chavello. They're like, we, we got to talk to Eddie Alvarez about what's going on. Let's go back down to Eddie Alvarez, and we show Eddie Alvarez in the cage with headset on, and they're talking. Eddie Alvarez isn't hearing, isn't hearing a fucking word of it. And Eddie Alvarez is like pointing to the headset like, what? What? What's going on? Back to the booth we go. All right. We sort it out. We go back to Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is like, I tried to explain himself. And it's weird that they went to him after the announcers pretty much agreed Eddie Alvarez threw a bunch of illegal shots. All right. We move on to fight number two, which we have a lot of time for, guys. We got a lot of time for Demetrius Johnson and um, Adriano Moraes who is their flightweight champion. And they spent the entirety of this time pretty much hyping up Mighty Mouse Johnson, which is fair. He is the... Wreck, he's the greatest flyweight ever. One of the greatest fighters ever. Had defended that title more times consecutively than anybody defended any other UFC championship. Um, We get the fight going. First round. Looks like Mighty Mouse is having a problem with this guy being so tall. Might have won the first. I'm not sure, honestly. Who won the first round, Mark, you think? I mean, there's no rounds to win. It, it was the other guy. Um, you think so? He, yeah. I mean, there's no rounds anyway, but, like, the fight went in Yeah, direction. it was close, but he threatened with an ankle lock and then got on top of him. Yeah, And I was that's like, true. that's if for a very close round, that's enough to, to get you the nod. But they do apparently judge the fight on a whole. So, mm-hmm. okay, we get the second round going. And then um, Mighty Mouse 
Is it a scramble? Mighty Mouse ends up on his back. How did Mighty Mouse get end up on his? Did he get led? Did he get? I forgot what happened. Did he end up on his back? To be honest, was it? A, uh, did he get dropped right before he got finished? Yeah, he got uppercutted. Uppercut. He catches. Okay. He catches a kick. And he brings him to the to the cage, and then as he lets go of the kick, they they have a little bit of a, a scramble. He gets hit with a good uppercut that rocks him good. And while he's kind of a grounded opponent, right, and UFC yeah. standards, you can take it from there. Big knee to the fucking dome. Mighty Mouse is done. Um, fight ends, and that probably wasn't the outcome they were looking for. <laughs> um, and we're like, all right, well, you know, we have to make this other star because he just knocked out the greatest flyweight ever. Should we talk to him? Nah, we got to talk to the man who got knocked out. So instead, we listen to Mighty Mouse talk for a while. And then we don't hear from Adriano Moraes, I believe. Uh, does he speak English? It, I mean, that, it, it, do they yeah. have a translator? They, I, it does. If uh, they don't have a translator for this situation, <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> They're like, well, we have um, two guys that speak English. That's only person uh, we can talk to. We, we, we on, see, uh, saw that betting line. They weren't expecting to have to talk to Adriano Moraes. It is entirely possible, as Steph just said, looking at that betting line, they have no fucking translator yeah. in there. So we have a, uh, we got Chotri out there, the guy who runs one, with a look on his face that Dana White has on his face anytime Dana had to put the strap on Tyrone Woodley or Steve Miocic, where there's no poker face. Adriano Moraes is your champion, folks. And uh, yeah, I mean, man, they really like, they gave him the best shot they could, man. Mike Tyson was on AEW. Fucking, they had a hot angle to end that show of the fucking Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all that shit going on. And then just... Look. It was not good. If there's, if there's signs in the universe that let you know how something's going to go, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But the fact that they made one solitary mention of the programming that was going to come after AEW... I.e. Uh, one championship, and it was just like a throwaway line. Yeah, JR's, JR said it for like a moment. That was it. <laughs> it, it was a, if you weren't paying attention, you're missing it promotion for what was to happen. And you know what? Might have been a good thing. Maybe it was a good thing not that many people were watching this first card because in any way, this could go bad for the debut on TNT for this for this promotion. It did. It honestly looked like they didn't have their production together well. Mike, you and I were talking earlier. You said it looked like they didn't, they never produced a television show, like any sort of fight before, video wise. It did not go well. Um, they got a rest of the month to try to do better, and they got a lead in that's got no competitor now. So hopefully people watch Christian Lee defend his title this weekend or this week on Wednesday. Because, Mark, I was telling you, man, we like, do you see what these guys are all getting made? All these fighters are making. Um, we need more options out there for them. And Bellator might not be the only one. We need as many places as possible for these guys to fight. So, sure, yeah. I, I mean, mean, we need viable would... options. And this is on the number two cable network on the country, in the country. So, yeah. I mean, I think for me, what's disappointing, you you never know what's going to happen in a fight. You know, that's always the roll of the dice. It, it's really the, the things that they can handle is the production, right? And we talked about last week, at least, and this is kind of, hypocritical of me because i don't watch the program at all i just watch the fight is like for me to be interested or for me to feel like they did a good television product like it had to be quick it had to just get into the action let's not give too much fluff you have to promote these guys because a lot of the audience is not going to know who they are outside of eddie and uh dj but you can control the pacing of the card and stuff like that and it seems like that's also where they faltered and that's that's one thing you can't blame on you know because you can 
have a great card and on paper it looks fantastic and it's going to be barn burners and it could turn out to be a dud you can't control that aspect of it but you can control the production and, and when you, you falter know, there that's on the company you know what it is also man it's like i don't i think they got to recognize who they're going after who they're going after is not who the ufc goes after the ufc is going after the general public one just needs people like you and me to watch so they need to explain to me and you who the fuck Adriana Moraes is and who the fuck Yuri Lapicus are. Because we obviously know who Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius Johnson are. We know. That's why we're here. You don't need to explain to me. I didn't need to hear from 90 Mouse at the end of that card. Like, I really didn't. I mean, this is, Mike, you, I mean, I, maybe you feel, other, do you feel otherwise or do you think I'm onto something here? Like, what are we doing? No, I think you are onto something. And I wanted to point out something that at times we make fun of the UFC about, but one could have done that shit for Marais. Uh specifically when Cyborg, for example, was champ before before she lost to Nunes, that they would do a good job, at least as best they could, of hyping up the sacrificial lamb that Cyborg was about to fight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Cyborg is a destroyer, but this might be her greatest competition yet. She's yada, yada, yada. But we all know it's bullshit, but it's at least hyping the person up, right? Like, this is a credible threat, or like, this is an actually good person that Cyborg is about to just demolish, right? We saw none of that in the lead up to this fight. Granted, they only had an hour to work with, so maybe that's part of it as well going back to production but after he beat dj we had no idea who marace was not at all his backstory how many fights he's won um whether he's even a dominant champion or not we knew nothing going in and we knew nothing coming out yeah it was not well done steph honestly i know like you were not big to watch it necessarily either but like they just you want these places to at least be viable places for people to work so we need them to do well, and that was not great. Well, as you said, there's really only up to go from here. So um, hopefully they get their act together. I will say uh, Mighty Mouse stays being a good guy. The one comment I saw is he got knocked out, finished for the first time, but he's like, I love these rules. These rules are great. These I like I these too. grounded knee strikes. Like He is a fight fan. He is a martial artist. He recognizes he got caught, but he's, no, he's not. He's not coming up with a scapegoat he's not coming up with an excuse so um mighty mouse is tough he'll bounce back but uh this kind of just the story whenever big ufc names go to lower organizations they always got kind of sprung up and i just got to say uh i didn't do so well in our picks this past week so i very much regret talking us out of picking this fight because i said <laughs> purely for chaos sake and you're gonna give me two points for doing it i'm taking Marace just because what's the fun in all of us picking mighty mouse um but you know Stuff happens. I get to yeah. have my own personal pride that we pick this. Um, before we get into some fight picks, going over some of the news from this past week, um, we might have brought it up last week, but kind of more details came out. We saw the first images and the mock-ups, uh, but we saw the uh, details of the new uniform deal for the UFC. With the uh, Reebok deal expiring, we are now moving to apparel heavyweight Venom. Um, and if you've been an MMA fan for a long time, you're familiar with them. They got the big snake head logo. Um, financial details came out. I believe Bobby, your reaction was, uh, it doesn't even account for inflation. This is a real it, it, lateral, if not downward step. It doesn't account. It, it, it's, it's, if they just put, yeah, it's less than the, the value of the dollar has increased more than, uh, what the money they gave what's, him. <laughs> what's inflation on a given year? Maybe one to 1.4%. Yeah. yeah seven years. It's not, it's not we account went, for that. Yeah. We went from 40,000 to 42,000. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> and meanwhile, in the design aesthetic, uh, which is one of my fortes, I think, at least when it comes to assessing these things, all I saw was basic default Venom shorts. Again, if you've been an MMA fan for a while, you've seen these. It's their V logo. That's just the snake jaw. Um, and then different colors, which I'm presuming is their national affiliations. Um, there's no creativity. There's no uniqueness. The fighters modeling them were someone who's apparently in the UFC who I've never heard of or seen before, but apparently that's a contracted fighter. So um, we'll see about that. Uh, you know, it's too early to really come down on it hard, but I think um, in the words of the birthday boys uh, who, who Mark knows, I, I feel like the collective reaction to this is a generic thud. Um, there's not a lot of excitement. There's not a lot of pizzazz. We'll kind of see where we go from there. Um, and then the next kind of big... Oh, Mike, sorry, you want to say something? Just one quick thing, and I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I really do miss just individual uniforms like you know like how you saw how you see in one and bellator where like you actually see people's personalities and individuality i miss those chuck liddell shorts look yeah i I don't have a lot of positive things to say about the men but when you think of tito and chuck liddell you had the fire shorts you had the icicle shorts you know you you had something you know phil mr wonderful always wore the pink shorts right he didn't have to wear red white and blue because he's an american you know pen shorts those were sweet too. Being the BJ Penn black belt ones, a lot of mm-hmm. bad, bad, bad stuff going on with these people. Damn. <laughs> you had custom shorts. You probably were a questionable person later in life, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, and then for the next kind of news, I, I feel like we can't not talk about it. We were talking about this in our kind of pre-show with each other. Um, it's just kind of been the topic du jour. It's it's getting a lot of traction. It's generating a lot of activity. Um, we'll try to tread lightly on it because we'll be the first to admit we're no experts on the geopolitical issues of it but um recently rose nami Yunus was on a uh was a lithuanian interview i believe the reporter was representing lithuania um and some comments were made and i think one of the things people have pointed out is you can't say it was in the spur of the moment because before rose makes the statement in question she pauses she thinks to herself she takes a big breath of air like, am I going to say this? Okay, I'm going to say it. Better red than dead. Yeah, she basically or, said that better she Better dead than red. I'm sorry, I got it completely backwards. Right. <laughs> yeah, basically she did lead us up to say that she thought Whaley represented something she doesn't agree with. And I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? And then she said it, I'm like, okay, that's okay. Wow, you said it. Probably shouldn't have said that, considering the. I like the article, but like I said, article I was reading said, uh, in a recent interview, Whaley said she hoped she could be friends with Rose after the fight, because there's no animosity between them really. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that <laughs> there, there were so many different ways that she could have approached that. Um, we've commented on it before, um, especially with the first UFC event. I think it was in what, mainland China, um, where there did seem to have a a propaganda china is the best feel from any of the chinese fighters that that won and you know we all kind of laughed laughed about it but it's to be expected um you're not gonna find chinese athletes you know saying anything critical about the chinese government that's how you get your family disappeared um so if what Rose had an issue with is, let's say, the s- certain political stances that are in China 
sure, you you could you you could bring that up. That's that's fine. But to equate the whole Chinese government with Wei Li Jiang, that's that's not right. She's she's one woman. You know, she's just trying to fight. You know, provide for her family. Um, you can't hold it against her. It, essentially, that she's not so much that she's Chinese, but that she comes from a communist country, because. I didn't see much of the reaction, but I know I saw some of the comments try to equate it as if Rose was being racist. I don't think Rose was being racist. I just think she had a very stupid take on geopolitical politics. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily she was being racist, but I will say she's being racially insensitive due to the moment we find ourselves in in this country in particular. There's a lot of xenophobia, right? And I think it to your point of saying, well, Whaley represents communism because she is Chinese, you know? And that's kind of where we're at a point where there has been an uptick in Asian violence with this go back to China to plenty of Asian Americans, right? Um, this is, you know, every minority has a unique experience in the type of prejudice and racism that they experience in this country. And being Asian American, what we experience is that we are forever foreign. We are never actually American. It doesn't matter that we're born here. It doesn't matter even if our parents were born here. Being Asian, it's where are you from? Where are you really from? You know, there's always that question. You want to ask me what my ethnicity is. I'm from America and I've only ever been from America. If I go to Asia, I stand out like a sore thumb. I'm so American. But that's kind of that prejudice, xenophobic idea. And so... Like you said, when you take a single person and say they represent the entire body of a communist regime and you fight for freedom, like that's some Rocky Four bullshit that's not real. And that's where I push back on what Rose said. And it comes off just really, really ignorant, in my opinion. Yeah, she shouldn't have said it. I, I, my two cents is just like, I. I like the sport a lot better when I didn't know anyone's political affiliations or having two people fight in a cage is more than enough for me. We don't need to bring any outside biases or ideologies yeah. into it for me personally. It's like you're going to get in a cage and fight somebody. That's that you could angle all your commentary on that aspect and we're fine. But like all the, you know, all the stuff we had to deal with Trump and like all the political stuff that's starting to like infest itself into the fight i'm just like i don't i don't need this i don't want this this is just this is tarnishing a thing that was very pure to me two idiots getting in a cage and beating each other up for my amusement i mean that's what i'm here for i don't need the yeah i don't need the rocky four I mean, you know look at maybe they're gonna have a hard-ass fight and we're gonna talk about how everyone changes and if you can change i can change and it'll be great but leading up to it i mean for me i heard this and i was just like Ugh. and then i heard like what her reasoning was i was like okay i mean like I, I get it, you know, where she's from, you know, she, she her family has dealt with some oppression from communists, but it's just like, for me, it's just like, uh, I don't, I don't want to get muddled in this. Let's just, how about you guys just put some gloves on and beat each other up in a cage and we'll just end it there. That's my take. Yeah. Uh, well, from geopolitical opinions of fighters, as we go down further the poop shoot, Bob, you want to say something before I, I take a step in the mud? Are you about to talk about Conor McGregor? I mean, it, it's getting headlines. We got to at least mention it. Okay, because I was going to say, I was going to just go with both of them at once and say, I'm at the point now where any, like, just tell me who's fighting. 
<laughs> like, I don't need anything else. Bobby, I saw I'm telling this... you, it'll change your life. Wait a day after, you cut all the shit no, out, because you just like, get to the cage. I, I, was, I, was, like, I was looking at it because, goddamn, it was two of the top five posts on Reddit today about Connor didn't pay the donation. And Connor saying, I need to know where the fucking money's going. And he called him a hillbilly. And I'm just reading all this, and I'm just like, the only part of it I take away was, was like, I'm happy we're not getting nice Connor. It's more fun, at least when he at least angry. He at least tries to win, maybe with more violence. But I'm like, I don't. I'm just like between that and the rose thing, and I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> everybody's horrible in this sport. Yeah, that's it. Step on. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, I, I don't think we need to dig too much into it. Just to mention it, um, Connor McGregor. He promised to make a five hundred thousand donation to Dustin Poirier's charity foundation. Apparently, it never happened. And meanwhile, Connor says, you got to tell my people what you're doing with the money. Who knows? Who cares? Um, it's making headlines. We all, everyone loves to poop on Connor when he's down. Two rules. When you want someone to donate half a million dollars to you, one of two things has to happen. You get the money before the fight where you whoop his ass. That has to be one, right? Either that. Smart. Right? It's pretty smart. Secure the funds. And I've actually blanked on the second one. So we'll just go. <laughs> Good job. Class Lose the go. fight. Look, it doesn't That's, matter to there me. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Throw, Throw the, the fight. fight. Throw the fight. Yeah, Throw I was going to say, what are we going to? I'm just saying, these motherfuckers, they never heard of escrow before. This money should have been an escrow if we're going to do this. At least some of it. <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter to me if Connor ever makes the donation. All I know is Dustin won the exchange when he replied to Connor with just the slow motion gif of yes. Connor's face yes. just getting punched in and him getting them googly eyes laying on the Connor, mat. Connor, he like, tried to go back. He, he tried to fire back with like the screenshot of him walking away when he beat Dustin, but it was like, this one's a that gift, was... dude. I'm, I'm seeing you go into the shadow realm in this one. I just see a picture of, of it looks like Dustin's lying back, just having a good time. You're walking away. Not as impactful as the gif. What did, so, uh, uh, good what job, did, Jan what did Janet Demita Joe Jackson tell us back in the 80s? What have you done for me lately? There you go. Well, fellas, uh, we got a lot of fights to pick this week. We're going to pick off of three different cards. Um, so let's get it started. Uh, we're going to start with uh, a relatively thin card. So we're only going to be picking the top two fights on it. But coming from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, we have, uh, I think it's just been called UFC ESPN 22. And we have former middleweight champion Robert Whitaker taking on Middleweight who fights all the former champions. Kelvin, I don't think he ever developed a nickname, Gastelum. Um, with the odds, we have Kelvin coming in as a decent underdog at plus 220 to Bobby Knuckles, minus 260. I, I can be the U for the uh, odds if you want. I don't mind. <laughs> Just saying. I'm ready. <laughs> Put me in. I mean, <laughs> it's my thing. I introduce the fight. I state the odds. You okay, make your fine. Okay. Come on, Bobby. You're in here. Who you got? Bobby Knuckles. He's the champion, or was the champion. I think the Kelvin's last fight was was it was it who was the who was it? God damn it! What was the name of the guy? I remember we came out of it thinking he Beyond, did not do well in Heine. Yeah, I remember we thought that Kelvin didn't do enough for us to feel good about him in this weight class or him, you know, because he was coming off of a couple rough ones. Um, and we didn't we came out of this one thinking we didn't learn enough, quite frankly. This was supposed to be Paulo Costa, who's missing the fight because he got the flu. Not COVID, just the flu. Um, I was really excited for Bobby Knuckles versus Paulo Costa. Um, 
I got Bobby Knuckles in this one. I think he's a better fighter, but I think Kelvin's a good enough fighter that this is going to be fun to watch, and it's going to take a... I mean, it might go all five. Kelvin's a tough guy. Izzy couldn't put him away in five, but I got Bobby Knuckles. Mike? Kelvin seems to lose something after the Adesanya fight. I can't exactly place what it is, but he hasn't been the same fighter since. Even with his last fight withstanding that he won. Whitaker? He lost Adesanya, but he's come back. He's won two in a row. Um, he still looks like he's a top contender in this division. So I'm going to go with Robert. Mark? It's going to be up to you, Steph, if you want to get that broom out or not. But yeah, I'm going with Whitaker as well. And I think for the, the same reasons you guys mentioned, you know, he has a little bit better track record. We could both look at the Izzy fights for both of them. That was not a good showing, but he's come back and he's won two fights. So that's an, enough you know, for me to, to pick them. So I got Whitaker as well. And we will be taking out the broom. Um, it's specifically his Bobby Knuckles last fight against Cannoneer. Cannoneer was coming in as hot shit, who was finishing people, lighting people up. And uh, though he only took a decision, it was a good decision where he neutralized him. He used his movement well. He had the fast hands again. Uh, wasn't able to put him out, but we started to see, oh yeah, this was the guy who was champion and was a defending champion. So, um, like I said, like y'all said, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gelvin take it. There, there's a lot of talent in that guy. It's just he has a lot of times of can he put it all together. So maybe that finally happens. But um, we're all fans of Bobby Knuckles on this podcast. And uh, our other fight we're picking is we believe it is the co-main event. I cannot promise you this. Um, and that is Jeremy Stevens at 28 and 18. That is a very voluminous record um, taking on Drakkar Klosa. And I believe the odds, it's nearly a coin flip, but Jeremy Stevens, the vet, is coming in at the slight favorite at minus 140 to Closa's plus 120. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I can't, I couldn't pull Closa out of a lineup, but I'm going to take him just in thinking that Jeremy Stevens is right about time to be put out to pasture. So um, I'm going to take the slight upset here. Bob. He's lost five straight. Five straight. Uh, what was That's a no contest? I think it's five straight. Is there no, no contest in there? He, uh, he fought um, uh, Rodriguez twice. Oh, yeah, so here? I, poke. Yeah. I mean, was he yeah. winning that fight before? He was on his way to losing that no contest. He was going to lose that fight. Yeah. Um, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. To be fair, that fight was one round in 15 seconds. So I don't think it's fair. We, we put a little too much mustard um, on that one. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is tough as nails and these people are all really good like aldo zabit yair no contest yair lost calvin cater they're all really good i don't think Klaus is, I don't, I'm, I'm about to pick a guy who's lost five straight just letting you know that um i don't think close is i mean closest wins are like i mean he got to win over bobby you got to win over bobby green got to win over lando venata those are two people you beat where literally fucking anything could have happened in those fights and i could have learned nothing about you all right you could just Anything could have happened, and you beat those two people. Um, I, I'm i going to take Jeremy Stevens just keeping his job, man. That's it. I think he's going to – whatever he's got left is coming out in this fight, man. So, Jeremy Stevens. Mark, you defended his reputation. You going to take Jeremy Stevens? Uh, it, I, this was going to be one of my tactical – if no one picks Jeremy Stevens, I'll pick him because I, I, I think Bobby's right. When you, it, it is really easy to look at those last five fights and be like, this dude – washed up hard we talk about cleaners he's got the pocket full of change he's got his uh laundry detergent he's got his dryer sheets he's all ready to go um but i, I think bob made a good point like 
those guys that he lost to are like cream of the crop. Um, I'm gonna go with close because <laughs> he lost four in a row, and that <laughs> and that's stinking. That's stinking. If he's not if he's not going to laundry, he should be going to the laundry because that's a stinky record. I can't get behind. Uh, to, to the other side of the coin, you know, close is not coming off a win. He lost to Darush um, by knockout, so it's not like either of these guys are shining super bright. It's mostly that Jeremy Stevens is looking a little stinky. I got a question. Mm-hmm. What are the standings? Hmm. <laughs> Mike, we don't Mike? have a standings person. Mike, well, well, Mike you, you had me look up uh, Drakkar earlier. No, I'm, I'm asking Mike. Mike, where All are right. we? Um, so I'm in first at 18 and 12. Bobby's in second at 17 and 13. DJ Mark with his 3-0 and uh, showing last mm-hmm. week is now 16 and 14. And Kid P is 14 and 16. Yeah, but by me, I just want a parenthesis that says plus two. For that time, I picked some Murray Sky over Mighty Mouth. You don't add it in. You just have it in parentheses, plus two modifier. Um, <laughs> all right, Mike, round this out. Is it laundry day, or did you find that you Ooh. still got three pairs of underwear that you can push it for a few more days? Man, I mean, he has lost five in a row. Yes, I am counting that no contest. We all knew where that fight was. He going. has no wins in five it fights. How about that? Seconds. We can't we can't say he was he's got he's got no seconds. wins in five fights. He's 0 for five on wins in that's his last five fair. fights. <laughs> Midterm elections were going on the last time uh Jeremy Stevens won. Um I'm gonna go I, I'm gonna go with close. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't. Stevens has some pretty good knockout power, and the guys he's lost to are pretty high level. But as uh, as DJ Mark said, we need some air freshener, man. Because let, let me tell you what what this is. Because if Mike loses again this year, he knows I'm going to bring up Mike. Remember how you lost, and then you one of the times you picked a guy who'd lost five straight fucking fights. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm going to bring that up if you lose. <laughs> He's not. He's not. He's not picking. You're picking uh, close, though, right? That's why he did it. Yeah, That's close. why he did oh, it. He's, he's trying <laughs> to be safe. Look, my my strategy this year is that all those fails pick chalk. I'm trying to win this year, baby. Chalk does not always get you the results you think. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. And then just we're not picking any of the fights, but just a couple other fighters of note on this card. We got violent Bob Ross, Louis Pena. Uh, making his return after I still can only picture him being a incredibly sore loser when he lost that decision that he definitely thought he won. Um, and then going for his 51st fight, we have Andre, the everlasting Arlovsky still, still running 50 fights into that career. Uh, we'll see uh, whether it's laundry day for that man. Um, moving on next, we're going to pick a couple fights as the uh, Bellator light heavyweight tournament continues. We have Mortal Kombat champion has to defend against absolutely everybody. Uh, Vadim Nemkov taking on Phil Davis as the uh, headliner of this card. Um, and the betting lines for this one, we got Nemkov in at minus 210 to Mr. Wonderful's plus 175. Um, I'll go ahead and start this. Love Phil Davis. I actually just saw on my phone my photo with Phil Davis. He is like, he's too wide of me. He is a very, when he flexes those pterodactyl wing muscles, he is a wide, wide man. But, um, that said, the uh, the son of Fedor. Look, he's just here to wreck shop. This is the guy we're going to wonder about in light heavyweight division. The uh, the match of the century is obviously him versus uh, my guy at light heavyweight. The who? Why am I blanking on his name? Because he's my guy. Uh, Anthony Johnson, our, our Polish pride. What? No, you Blockowitz. 
Blockowitz, Yarn versus Nemkov <laughs> to see who is the greatest nation in the world, as the Simpsons put it, Portugal or Uruguay, uh, you know. <laughs> But um, that said, Nemkov, I'm going to probably be picking him throughout this whole tournament. Um, Mike, who you got? Sorry, I had to type up some stuff in the picks uh, very quickly because I did not know we were picking the Nemkov-Davis fight. Um, I'm going with Nemkov. Uh, Nemkov looks like he's going to be the real deal in Bellator. Mark? Yeah, uh, also, I mean, and it's not even like... I have a lot of looks at the guy. I saw him fight Bader and he beat the shit out of him and Bader was running through everybody. So it's it's flawed, but you know, sometimes you gotta lean on that MMA math. So definitely going with uh Ninkov? Is that his name? I'll learn his name once he went to Nimkov. Vadim. Go on, Vadim. Bob Sweep. I'm gonna need you guys to be honest with me. Of the three of you, who knew that these guys have already fought before? Oh, I think I saw it too somewhere. But be I honest with me. Did not be honest see, with me. I mean, I definitely didn't. I, I I do think Bobby. I legitimately do think I saw it too somewhere. But I was like, I didn't see them fight the first time. Obviously, I only saw him fight Bader. But I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll come Outside of the Bader fight, I don't think I've ever seen Nemkov fighting. Yeah, and so I didn't even watch that. I didn't fight. say. I, just I, saw I didn't highlight. say. I I didn't say I saw him fight the other guy. I just know yeah. that he fought him. Obviously, we all knew he won. Obviously. That's None of us looked at MMA Junkie right now to find out Nemkov won in a split decision. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we that is, you know that? Because Nemkov has two losses on that record. I don't know who they are. Yeah, um, that is, it is a split. I'll be honest. I didn't see the fights, but that's, that's, the, reason the, betting, that's the reason the betting line is not because he just, you know, murdered Phil, uh, Ryan Bader, who's probably better than Phil Davis, um, based on the matchup we saw between the two of them. Um, I got Nemkov still. He's younger. Um, I'm, I was so thoroughly impressed by his drubbing of Phil, De- of, uh, Ryan Bader. It's hard to pick against him. And at this point, I want him to win this tournament. Um, I, that's what I want to see. I want them to claim they had the best light heavyweight in the world. They might have the best light heavyweight in the world. He wins this tournament. He has a claim to being the best light heavyweight in the world. No question. If not That'd already be. right now. Cause the other guy did beat John Jones. Just saying. Like <laughs> that he beat the same level of people probably that, I mean, that, Vadim's out here beating. So, uh, and our other fight we're picking is a, continuing on with the light heavyweight. Steph, tournament. what about you? Um, Did you and pick? Bob? I understand why you have trouble hosting because occasionally one of these Dagestani gentlemen show up, and that's a lot of syllables. So uh, I will give it my best shot. We have uh, from the UFC coming over. We have Corey Anderson taking on Dovletsan Yagshimuradov. That's I'm going to say that's pretty good on that last hey, name. You, you picked, by the way, you picked Nemkov, right? You said? Yeah, we, I think we're speaking okay, on Nemkov. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steph, um, I actually and, took Russian for a year. You pronounced that perfectly. Excellent. I will, I will take it. Um, Putin would be proud of me. But I maybe I don't Russian want that. But maybe I, I do because he's a terrifying man. Who knows? Um, betting lines on this, we have Corey Anderson coming in at minus 170 to Yagshimuradov's plus 150. Um, Mark, you gonna go with the newcomer or the guy that we also probably haven't seen? Yeah, I mean, yeah, haven't seen him. Can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Gotta go with Corey Anderson. He's the betting favorite too. So I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised if he loses because we've definitely seen these Dagestanis come out of nowhere and and really shock the world. Um, Corey Anderson's not an easy out. I have to imagine he's gonna be highly motivated because I think this this is his first fight in Bellator, right? Or did he have one before already? Um, I have to imagine. You know, he, he knew he home. beat up Melvin. Oh, okay. 
Oh, that's right. Beat his ass. That was, ooh, that was gross. <laughs> that was gross matchmaking, right? There. Seven and a half minutes of Melvin getting his shit. Right. In. Yes. Oh <laughs> god. Um. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Corey Anderson. Not a lot of analysis here. Not familiar with the other guy. It, looking to this will be a good test. You know, it'll be it'll be a good look at him because Corey Anderson's a good opponent. But I have to go with Corey. Bob, who you got? So I did a little research in that Rashad Evans did research, and I listened to Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans told me that this dude is undersized for the weight class, and Rashad Evans. Was undersized for this weight class. It was the champion of this weight class, which makes me think this Rashad saying this guy's small and not as good as me. Um, five eleven. Corey's big, man. Corey's six foot fucking three. Um, I got. I mean, he before he got uh sent to the land of wind and ghosts by Jan Blachowicz, Corey was on a fucking tear, man. He'd won four straight, just grinding motherfuckers into dust. Then he knocked Johnny Walker out. Um. Beat up Mark's hero, Melvin Manhoff, a couple months ago. Um, I am not picking it's Corey Anderson. Just, you know, when I know the only thing I know about the other guy is that he's small and he's a prospect. That's not enough for me to pick him. So, Any tactical moves, Mike, or are you taking the favorite? The tactical move here is to not pick the guy I don't know. So I'll be picking Corey Anderson. This is the reverse tactical move because I'm going to take Yagshimuradov, and here's my reasoning. He probably knows wrestling, and that's what Corey Anderson relies on. But here's the real thing, and it, it, it's called the one effect, as we were just talking about earlier. Big signing and new organization. Of course this guy's going to win, right? This is a highlight for him. He's going to go be a big fish in a little pond, and it seems to not work out as frequently as it does. So I'm going to take a flyer on this guy and just say Corey Anderson di- disappoints in uh, his – well – Bobby, your news about him being undersized is possibly just is what's disappointing me here. But I was going to say his first real light heavyweight fight in Bellator, but maybe not. Maybe he's fighting another middleweight. So, um, you know, I don't really care about my standing. Maybe I have egg on my face on this, or maybe he's another Marace in the making and ready to win this whole goddamn tournament. Um, so I'll go ahead and be the outlier on it. The line is close. It's not a blown out of the water. Let's not all be one sided in a less than two to one favorite match. Um, but that's all we're picking for this. Um, I will mention another fighter of note on it because I was talking about uh, Andre the Everlasting with his 50 fights. I'm looking at Paul Semtex Daily is on this card. You know what his record is? 42, 17, and 2. This man's got good. <laughs> you know, this card, it, this card is better than you card. You think it would be? It just feels like you've seen all of Paul Daly's losses. True. This we is, haven't seen all 42 of his wins. This is a better card than the UFC card. <laughs> It kind of is. The main card, at least, there's three fights I'm interested in. So, yeah. <laughs> What night is there. this one? I think they're I doing Fridays. Do they do Fridays? Friday? It was yeah. the 16th, so... That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. That's smart by them, because, let's be honest, gentlemen, the next fight we're talking about, this is the real main event of the weekend. Mm-hmm. You can, you can stick your nose up at it. You can be like, I'm too good. I'm highbrow. You know, you can be a fight supremacist all you want, but let's be honest, because the real fight of the weekend is coming place from the Mercedes uh, Benz Dome. Is that what it's called? In Atlanta, Georgia. Sure. I think and it's the Mercedes no Benz Superdome. Oh, is that the, it's not the Superdome? Or Superdome as New Orleans. Sorry. My bad. Um, the Mercedes Benz used to be the one in New Orleans, but then yeah, naming rights got, got sold to Atlanta. So is this the Falcons? Atlanta Falcons yeah. Stadium. This, this this is the stadium that has a Chick Fil A that's not open on Sundays. Ooh. 
Oh, well, this is on Saturday, so you're good. I know. I'm just saying that they have football games there. It's just a that's that's close... a, that's a bad marketing. <laughs> that's bad PR right there. He, he he screwed that one up a little bit. Chick Fil A. Um, but yeah, it it is is the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't verify this, but just for my own hype, I'm going to call it the sold out Mercedes Benz Stadium sure, in Atlanta, not? Georgia. Uh, brought to you by the Triller Fight Club. It is Jake the Problem Child Paul two and zero. Versus Funky Ben Askren at a whopping 0-0 boxing record. And we actually have an incredibly close fight line, guys. Um, I was telling you earlier that the fight opened at uh, Jake Paul coming in as a minus 280 favorite. But uh, more sensible money came in after the fact because we are currently seeing it at minus 130 for Jake Paul to even money for Ben Askren in his let's be, boxing match. Let's be straight on one thing. There's nothing sensible about what's going on this weekend. That is, that's fair. fair, Mike. There's no sensible money here. There's just fun money. This is a fun fight. As I keep saying, this is the future of boxing. I think we got, we got Justin Bieber on the mic performing. We got some rappers I've never heard of. We have we got so many making so many concerts. What was the co-main event that we lost that was supposed to be in this it fight? It was supposed to be Frank Mir versus someone, say, the Tarver, boxer right? he pulled out. Antonio Tarver. Yeah. Uh, he pulled out, but instead we are getting Steve USS Cunningham. I got to admit, I'm not familiar with him. His boxing record is 29-9-1, and, and that is 39 more boxing matches than Frank Mir has had. Uh, so it's tough to see how that one goes. I'm not totally familiar with the other guys on this card. We have Regis Rougerou Progrice versus Ivan El Terrible Redcatch and Joe Fournier versus El Lider Raycon. He only has one name. It is Raycon. I don't know if yeah. it's his first or last name. Can't tell you who that is. He sounds like he's probably he's a, a rapper. I know Ray guy, J, Brandy's little brother, has earbuds that are called Raycons. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, this, is the Ray, this is the headphone guy, isn't he? <laughs> they sponsor a lot of YouTube videos I watch, uh, like Girlfriend Reviews and Video Game Donkey. Um, but we're really only talking about the main event here, guys. We have the Paul brother, fresh off of, uh, you know, we talk about sending him to the Shadow Realm, and that was one Nate Robinson of NBA Dunk Champion fame taking on... I. You know, truly one of the best pure wrestlers who ever competed in MMA in Ben Askren. It's a freak show fight, but that's why we're here. You know, um, it's not about titles. It's not about rankings. It's about the what the hell is going to happen when these two guys fight. And, uh, you know, the Paul brothers, they don't need an introduction. We had the other Paul brothers showing up on WrestleMania. They're villains. They're YouTube villains beloved by children around the world. Ben Askren is a villain uh, of infamy in the MMA community never understood why he never really quite did anything i think people just find him a little annoying here and there but um it should be a fun fight guys um let's just get to it mark as our best fight breakdown how do you see this fight mm. going first and foremost i say show me the freaks bring on the freaks because i think this is a fun one um i am you know I, when they first announced this fight i was defending uh you know ben Askren and the toughness um I had the displeasure of watching some of his sparring and training. <laughs> I can't in good consciousness pick this man. I want a boxing match. But what I will, my caveat, I'm, I'm going to pick Jake Paul. Not because I like the guy, but I, I do feel he is he's so much younger. He's hes in such better shape. He's shown you know some 
you know proficiency in, in boxing but what i really i really see this fight playing out in two ways and i and i see um jake paul winning either scenario here he's either going to get I, I think a lot of people think he's going to get bent out early you know he's going to be able to, to to land a clean strike and get an early ko in the first couple rounds or what i also think could happen a lot of people are banking on ben lasting and making this a long fight if he does that this is my this is this is my my balls call disqualification Jake Paul's going to lose by disqualification because I'm watching Ben Askren spar. Not only this dude hit like little little marshmallow hands, but he loved grabbing that back of the head. He loved grabbing them hands. These are all things that are illegal in boxing. So my biggest caveat is like, how strict is this ref going to be? Because when we saw Connor fight um, Floyd Mayweather, and Connor is a striker, like he is very much more accustomed to the striking acclimate of combat sports, where Ben is not, and he did all kinds of bullshit you can't do in boxing. And he didn't get called out on half of it. He was doing lots of shots to the back of the head, lots of dirty boxing. And when I'm seeing what what, I, what I'm expecting from Ben, uh, outside game is going to be garbage. What he will do in, in in short range in the clinches, he he has little sneaky uppercuts. Now all his punches have no power on them, so I I can't. I'll be I will give Ben, you know, a standing ovation if he can finish. Jake, even I think that would be a more of a stamina endurance thing where he gets so because I mean this dude, can't, <laughs> dude this guy can't hit hard. M- M- Marcus given every reason I'm about to give for picking Ben Askren, by the way. So but I mean, like, like I like covered I, all of it. I was, and this is the last thing I'll say. Like I was just listening to there was a little snippet where I guess GSP was talking to Joe about the fight, and they were talking about like how how good Jake looks on the pads. And GSP is like, and this is something that, you know, a lot of combat sport, like everyone looks like a champ on the pads. I mean, I look good hitting a punching bag. You know, you put me in actual fight. It all goes to the, the wayside. But Ben doesn't even look good at that. <laughs> you can't look at the, the thing that you're supposed to look at. Like everyone who trains a little bit looks good in hitting the pads and hitting the, he's hitting the bag. And I'm like, dude, like he's, this thing ain't he's, punching he's back. He's doing ain't it. Looking. He's doing it on purpose. There's <laughs> I mean, a large. He's sending, he's sending, fight he's sending Uncle Gene LaBelle to the casino like Rhonda did to make the best. I like, I like, I also, I also position myself here in, in a win-win scenario, right? If Jake wins, I win the bet, you know, I get another notch on the, on the record or whatever. If Ben wins, you know, I, hey, Ben beats a guy who's pretty much an asshole. I wouldn't mind seeing, getting a beating. So it's a win-win <laughs> scenario as far as I'm concerned. But I, I honestly, my big pick is disqualification. Can you get disqualified? How many points do you take away before they're just like? Is this a real fight? Does this, is this go on any real? Like, is that too? I'm looking at their website. They got Ben's MMA record listed so, versus it, other kids it, too. It's an actual. It's it actually counts to a boxing record. But let's also remember this fight is being brought to you by a company called Triller. That's I'm the thing I probably hate the most. Dude, they, uh, dude, they're the they're book. they're gonna take a bath. I I think they're gonna take a bath on this one. That's Maybe what I'm, I'm saying. There's no other boxing besides Don King Productions where anyone knows what the promoter name is in a boxing. Maybe like Floyd, because some of the guys, they do their own thing. But like everyone knows like Thriller. The, the main triumph here is they got their little promotion name out there so much. Like everyone knows what the promotion is. I'm boggled. I'm boggled that everyone knows what their fucking promotion is. Probably because they're putting on a freak show. And like I said, send out them freaks. Yeah, Mark, with the first uh, first bullet launch for Jake Paul. Bobby, you already said it. Make the case for Ben Askren. Mark made the case for Ben Askren. He gave all the reasons this could go. Mark listed every way this fight could possibly go. All right? Honestly, I am not in good conscience going to pick against Ben Askren here. I feel good about myself. 
I could lie and say I'm really confident Ben's going to win, but I truly believe he's going to win this fight. I know he's not a good striker. That being said, Nate Robinson went into that fucking fight with the dumbest strategy a human has ever had in a fist fight ever. Um, I think Ben's going to pull all that dirty shit Mark mentioned. I think we're going to get to round six or seven. Kid might get frustrated. But he's 24 years old. I'm not sure he's going to get tired then. But Ben, I know Ben's not a Team Quest guy, but I'm expecting the Team Quest bonanza to come out of this one, Mark. Every dirty fucking trick that they've ever pulled in a fight is coming into So this do you think one. the ref's going to let it all go? I don't know. The ref could be Doja Cat for all we know. Who's the ref? We don't know. This has got to be a special referee. This yeah, that should be pretty live. Doja Cat was the ref. Do you see wow. how many people are performing? How long is this show going to fucking I be? I know. What, am I watching a concert dude, or a couple dude, of videos? We're getting Doja Cat? I, I know, actually mm -hmm. know who that is, oh, and I think we're getting, not bad. We're getting not bad. Doja Cat. We're getting, so I don't know how to say the young lady's name. Saweetie? Saweetie. Saweetie. Okay. Um, Diplo, Major Lazer, Justin Bieber, the Black Keys, and the appearance of the hip-hop supergroup Mount Westmore, Cube, Snoop, Too Short, and my neighbor E-40. Yo, no, um, I'm, I may buy this shit, not even for the fights. Are they live concert, again, Bobby. You said this, you missed live music. Here it is, Bob. I'm just saying, we're going to get a seven-hour pay-per-view. <laughs> this is what's going to happen here. This shit's a fucking music festival starting at 2 p.m. probably. Yeah, I got Ben. He's a fucking pro fighter. Wait a second. I would are feel we, better about are it. Are we actually picking this? Yeah, we're picking the fucking Mike fight, Mike. Not see the rundown for what we're Mike, picking. Yeah. What was the point of the rundown if you don't read? Stefan, I'm going to be the one to argue. I know you wrote it. Mike, what was the point of the rundown if you don't check the rundown? I mean, I checked that. I apparently just didn't read it well enough. There I mean, like four messages about this. It, this is also Bob pretty much set it up. He's like, Stefan, you want to host next week? Because it's the fight week of the Paul brother and Askin. You want to host thought, the thing that you've I been excited we for this talk, whole time? I knew we were going to talk about it. I didn't know we were going to pick the fight. Oh, no, we are picking He gave, the, he we gave the betting line. He gave the betting line. Mike, Mike who's your fucking pick? Fair, not only that. It was very small <laughs> compared to the other one. Mike, ones. this fight is worth 10 points in the standings. It's the, <laughs> it's, it's the mega fight. <laughs> This is the game. This is the this is the wild card fight that swings. I the don't mind if we do that. <laughs> I think that would be fun. <laughs> this is plus ten. This is the plus ten modifier, Mike. I'm willing to I'm willing to pick the Frank Mir fight too. If you need to really go all out on this one, guys, I'm just no, letting no, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, Mike, t we got one and one. Tilt the scale. Who you got? I'm gonna go with Ben Askren because we gotta give some. We got to give some credence and weight to the fact that the man was an MMA fighter for many, many years. All right. Obviously not boxing. Obviously he has shit hands, but he knows he, he, he has the stamina to do this, right? Jake Paul has only been in two fights and they're against two bums. All right. Ben Askren might be a version of a bum as well, but he is a higher level of bum. All right. If the other two champion. bums were like level two, he's like a level 30 bum. All right. So I think he has a shot. He's going to take this fight into deep waters. He's going to muddy this bitch up. He's going to fucking clinch. He's going to hit enough illegal rabbit shots where like the ref will warn him, maybe take away a point, but he'll keep that fight going. He'll get one, you know, just one, one punch in the pills, you know, for good measure. And then in round seven or eight, Yo, you're going to see Ben Askren unleash the softest right cross and not break Jake Paul down. But it's going to look beautiful. It's going to look sweet. And Ben Askren is going to win himself a 
horrible decision. You got yourself Ben Askren with the Homer Simpson strategy. He's just going <laughs> to push him over dude. again. Everyone's banking on Homer Simpson winning and this also, fight. Me and Bobby are picking a man who has literally broken his hip. He got it fixed. To be fair, he got it fixed. <laughs> he got it fixed. This golf is rough on the hips, motherfucker. It is rough. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I got to give a lot of props to Mark for calling out the DQ. Uh, because look at Ben Askren's MMA career. He was undefeated in Bellator until he was getting his ass kicked. And then what happened? A legal strike. I can't continue. Let's stop the fight. And then was it Dream he was in when he was in Asia? Was it was still Dream one. back then? It was, it was one. one. There was he the was one fight I kicked. watched. Getting it's his the ass only kicked. one I watched. I'll strike to the back of the head. I can't continue. Uh, I believe it was Robbie Lawler getting his ass kicked. The submission that wasn't actually applied. Tap out. Ref end the fight. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. I'm not out. There's a lot of controversy in Ben Askren matches. A lot. Of, he his nickname is Funky for a reason. Some funky stuff is going down, but that that's part of the fun. Um, that said, that said, gentlemen, Mike, Bobby, I said this before. Your name's Al Gore because your views are wrong. This is about the Paul brothers, baby, headlining their own boxing event, showing up at WrestleMania, the show of shows. It you know, is what, the Paul just, brother Sefo, era. We're an hour and 20 minutes into a podcast, and we have to talk about a two-day WrestleMania. We do. We'll, <laughs> I'll move it along, but I'll just say, in, in genuine case, I could be wrong about this. Look, I'm taking Jake Paul, but this is also coming from the guy who picked CM Punk twice. So I know, I know that I can get into a storyline in my head real good, because he's the best in the world. Bob, you know it. Why wouldn't I pick him? But that said, here's what I'll give Jake Paul is after the Nate Robinson, I did see some interviews with him. And the one thing about boxing is he said he sounded like he found himself. He admits he's done a lot of knucklehead things doing the YouTube thing. Neither of these guys knew what they wanted to do with their lives. With boxing, he said he found something that he really enjoys, that he has a passion for. And versus looking at his brother who showed up, he's got a better physique. There is some athleticism to this guy. He's young in his 20s. He might be taking this seriously. This might be the thing that he wants to do with his career. And if he has to launch it with a bunch of freak show fights, that's how his career started. Um, or he might get Homer Simpson, you know? I hear Ben Askren's a hungry fighter. So, uh, I'm ready for him. <laughs> I could be wrong, but look, this I've is already. A, this, uh, is the one, this is the one this that uh, went looting during uh, a protest, right? That was this one. I thought right? that was the other this one. No, the other one's the suicide forest it's one. Hard, apparently, hard to keep track of them. the other one apparently is the one that's a better person. Apparently, well, because he's grown. <laughs> he's gr apparently he hasn't anything hasn't done anything stupid since then, <laughs> which is a real low bar we're setting for humanity, folks. <laughs> that's send, it. Uh, took a decent, send took a decent stutter. <laughs> to send Steph into a rage, uh, I think Logan Paul dated a uh, a uh, Chloe Bennett. And sent me into a rage. I was. It was very parental, Mike. I wasn't mad at her. I was disappointed. She's, she's, in, new powder, she's in a new uh, Powerpuff Girls live action show. That exists. That's a thing that sounded, that when I heard about that, that was weird. Live action. Live action. But Seems like a real anyways, show for perverts. There you go. We, we're, we're split on it. Like I said, the fight of the century. Jake Paul, Ben Askren, plus 10 modifier on the standings. It's happening. It affects us all the same, guys. It affects us all the same. Mike, I hope this is why you lose by one at the end of the year. It's the Jake yo, Paul. Yo, if I lose again this year, and it's by one, 
And it's because I fucking picked Ben Askren in this bullshit boxing match. I am going to be so fucking pissed. We can pick the Frank Mir one too, man. I'm telling you. No, no, we're not doing Frank <laughs> Mir. We get one free. We're not, not going to pick a two freak shows. You get one freak show to pick. You're muted. <laughs> let's like, uh, get to WrestleMania talk, buddy. Yeah, I watched 10 hours it. of TV this weekend. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with us, everybody. It's been, like I said, it's been a lot of fights to talk about. Fights happen. Fights happening. So we'll go ahead and hit the end of this now with the stuff we like. Um, yeah, I think it was like Bob said, it was two day WrestleMania weekend. I believe at least three of us watched it. So, um, fellas, quick, what are your thoughts? Give your highlights. What'd you like about it? It is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's world, and we're all just living in it. That was masterfully done. Um, you could see the pick. People had that image of Sasha cage side, someone recorded, a cage side, ringside after it was over. Trying to sell, but also you could see the supreme look of satisfaction on her face. I think I sent it to you also, Steph. Where that's a woman who knew she fucking hit a home run. Um, they made Bianca look like a goddamn superhero. Um, and she's incredible for someone who makes her... She's the first person to make her WrestleMania debut in a main event since Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19. And I know... There's maybe a handful of people who have done that total. Um, that was incredible. That was so well done. Honestly, it should have been the end of WrestleMania right there. Because that should have been... That was it. That was is the peak of it. Um, there was other stuff that was cool. You know? Um, Sami Zayn and KO on Night 2 was cool. I thought that was really... I mean, I thought the kid... Uh, Logan Paul actually took a decent stunner. I was I impressed. mean, Bob, before you continue with the other matches, see, I just wanted to chime in about that uh, Bianca and Sasha. There were a lot of great spots in the match. There was clearly a lot of great highlights. Mark, I don't know if you saw this, but to me, what would go down as one of the all-time WrestleMania moments was before the match even started. And it was the two of them standing in the ring, and there were just tears in their eyes. Like, they wasn't character. It wasn't kayfabe. They were trying to hold their smile back. They were fighting back tears. They two black women <laughs> in main eventing WrestleMania and the moment was just real. And, you know, in, in a sport that's so scripted to have the reality of the moment bleed through is that's beautiful to me. And shout out to Michael Cole for calling out that fact right yeah. at the beginning of the broadcast when they were trying to hold back their tears. Sure. Yeah. He said, this is, he said two black women. There weren't, because they were like earlier in the night, I saw like someone, it was on the pre show where JBL was like, they're just making history. It's not a race thing. It's not a gender thing. I'm like, no, it is very much a gender and race thing here, brother. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Like, also, like, 10, if it years, wasn't that 10 years ago, there were no women on WrestleMania. And now in the last, through what, three years, we have had two main events involving women. Yeah. And, despite the poor pre-match build means stuff on we're talking about this beforehand like the excitement level for this match was so high that like it didn't matter what they did beforehand about how bad the last two months of build has been for it because people were fucking down for this they're like yeah this is what we the second bianca won the royal rumble everybody's like she's picking sasha banks that is what we want to see and sasha banks is my favorite female wrestler Maybe my favorite wrestler, her and Hangman Page are my two favorite wrestlers right now. I think she's the best female wrestler because everybody's best matches with her. That's the thing, man. Wrestling, it's really good for yourself. It's good for you to look good. You make everybody else look good. And she does it to her own fucking physical detriment. Stefan, I was waiting for the moment for her to try to break her neck in this one. But 
she managed to keep it together physically in this one, at least. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Did you see that welt she got from the gunshot of a hair whip to her Ooh! abdomen? Like that's what everyone described it the same. It hit her so hard it sounded like a gunshot went off in the in the whole and it's a friggin' outdoor football stadium. So that was so cool. Whoever Mike the Mike, Ring, Mike well Ryan, <laughs> Mike Ryan from the Dan Lebitzar show was at WrestleMania for that for that fight. And he was saying that he was up, you know, he was pretty high up in the stands. And he heard that sound when she got whipped clear as day. Well, they, they do mic the ring, but they did a hell of a job at it this time because that literally sounded like they snapped the ribs with that fucking, with the hair whip thing. That was so cool. It was honestly like the second night was much worse than the first night. And I know it was a lot of wrestling in general. Main event of the second night was really good, though, I thought. I really enjoyed it, Steph. I don't know about you. I thought they did a really good job. Some people were bitching about Roman winning again. I'm like, this is heel Roman Reigns doing the best work of his career. I'm 100% on board with him winning this. That was, I thought it was really good. What did you think? Yeah, that's perfect. Like, Edge and Dan, uh, Daniel Bryan, they're here to put over the next generation, you know? Mm. Um, and this is, the, this is the one match that they did build up well. Mike, I know you said you weren't super excited about it, I, but I don't know if seeing it changed your mind. But this is the only one I thought they set up well. I thought they set it up that you could credibly believe any three of these guys could win it. Because like of the podcasts I listened to, no one was sure who was going to come out of this. You know, I think the betting thing was that Edge would pin Daniel Bryan to take it off Roman because it's a triple threat. But that way you protect Roman. Not a lot of people were out here saying Roman is just going to defend. You know, so to be surprised in this day and age, like Bob just said, we all kind of knew, or uh, sorry, uh, Bianca Belair from Royal Rumble to this point. This is about making her the star. You know, it was kind of, you know, and that's part of what was so good about that match is, you know, the outcome, but they still hit it in a satisfying way, you know, but so I thought that was uh, good there. Yeah, Mike, how did you end up feeling about it? Because I know you weren't super high on it initially. So funny enough. Uh, the same affliction that normally hits me on Saturdays during UFC events hit me before the main event where I was just too goddamn tired. I was, I was watching with Mike, man. I, I, I can see him fading, man. <laughs> uh, he was fading. By the time of the co-main event, I, Bobby could attest to this, I was wrapped in my blanket, almost falling asleep in my chair. That, that's man. what I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy this. Let me just yeah, watch this, it tomorrow. Stefan, this man's watching this match, and we're all like, well, Oscar's going to lose, right? Mike's like, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> that's what's happening here. Uh, Can I just say my biggest criticism of this whole thing is that they have the pandemic MVPs, effectively, of this last year of wrestling, which the fact that wrestling kept going during this whole time, maybe not the greatest thing health-wise, but in terms of keeping entertainment on TV, well fucking done, people, I guess. Um, the MVPs of WWE during this stretch were the Hurt Business, Sasha and Bayley. And Bayley not having a match at WrestleMania was bullshit. It was supreme bullshit. What the fuck? What did she have to do, man? They carried the show, the two of them. Sasha and Bayley carried... They were on every show. They were on NXT. They were on SmackDown. They were on Raw. Bayley, I know I'm a homer. She's from here. And I love Bayley. But come on, man. What does she have to do to get... That's like... She should have been on the show. Like, with a match. Her getting punched by the Bella Twins was almost offensive to me. The crowd didn't like it either. They booed the shit out of it. So, that was my take on that. But... Sorry. Mike, you've been knocked out. What was your highlight, though? Well, uh, I would say the first night 
was in in my hand in my book hands down the better night the only match in that first night that i thought was subpar was the tag team turmoil that made no sense didn't understand why they had natalia and tamina win that shit it was i i thought the riot squad should have won and then had them win the, the tag team titles on, on on day two but that's my own opinion i didn't much like that uh that tag that Sorry, Mike. Match. Again, your views are wrong. Billy Kay. Billy Kay is the answer to who should win everything in women's matches. I, I was them. about Billie to Kay. say that. I was going to say that one of the highlights for me was that Billy Kay did have a, a pretty entertaining spot during uh, during that match. Uh, for me, my favorite match was actually the the Bad Bunny, um, the Bad Bunny match against the Miz. Uh, Bad Bunny was all in with this shit since Royal Rumble all the way through WrestleMania. He was basically on raw every week. It seemed like this man is a massive WWE fan. And you could tell that he was just living out a childhood dream. And he went at that shit full bore. Um, a year ago, the person you would say hands down was the greatest celebrity wrestler was Pat McAfee. You hit a moonsault. That's is it a means. Is that what it's called? The moonsault? The shit Pat McAfee hit. Pat did a lot, in fairness, but he I think he did he did a moonsault, he it did a front, salt, right? bump, yeah. front flip bump also. Yeah, he did a lot. Uh he was the best celebrity wrestler up until Bad Bunny um Saturday night. Um the other thing I I took away from that match is I mean, I've known of the Miz since uh Real World back to New York, and I know he's he's a he's a solid wrestler. I'm not gonna lie and say I always kind of tuned out on the Miz matches and the fact that him and John Morrison made bad bunny look so good. And so I guess legit to, for lack of a better word for me goes to show man, the Miz is the Miz and John Morrison are really good fucking wrestlers. Did you notice that how much he had to work It's because priest was too hurt to actually work this match. Bunny did 90% of the fucking match. Like, he had to carry the team. I was so thoroughly impressed by him. It was great. Um, Yeah. I, I, uneven night, but I think I agree with y'all. The first night was spectacular. Um, We're running long, so I'll just give my one highlight. Um, Shout-outs to my man, Cesaro. Uh, I've, I've been a fan of this guy for many years. And uh, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons talk with uh, Matt Mann uh, on their podcast today. And uh, Bill Simmons referred to Cesaro as the internet's favorite wrestler. And that is just true. Cesaro, every year, if you have a list of the most underutilized guys in pro wrestling, it's Cesaro every single goddamn year. Um, and Bob, you sent me the link. I, I want you to send it to Mark because I doubt he saw it. But like his end sequence to his match with Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins always can put on a good match. He can bring out the best in guys. Another guy who just can be the guy or he can, he can help put over a guy well. But Cesaro... Sure, people talked about the 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 big swing which he did twenty three revolutions of, but the UFO spin, that shit was spectacular to me. Like, not a lot of things surprise or impress me in pro wrestling because I feel like I've seen it all. But when he did that UFO spin, that was amazing. And then I heard like a uh, mass man was talking about there's a quote like they wanted him to use that earlier in his career, and he said, "No, I'm saving it for WrestleMania." And they, he just never had that moment. The big push for Cesaro never really quite came. But then here he is going against one of, like, if Roman is the golden child of current WWE, 
Seth is right under him. You know, Seth is the lieutenant to Romans being that frontline guy. And so for him to put over Cesaro and again, the UFO spin to the 23 revolution swing to his neutralizer finisher and that the crowd gave him the appropriate reaction. Um, all I can hope is they give him something with this. But Cesaro, he's again, I don't follow pro wrestling super close anymore, but Cesaro has been a guy I've liked for a damn long time. So I, I really hope that this is finally the big push he's deserved. Truly, I think he's the most physically impressive wrestler in all of pro wrestling. I think he just does things, his feats of strength, that and his feats of strength plus his agility, I don't think any other pro wrestler has that combination that he has. Um, and he's funny on up, up, down, down, you know? I liked watching them play Among Us because he's Swiss and English is his like fifth language. He was terrible at lying. Everyone always knew when Swiss was the imposter. He's like, what tasks were you doing, Swiss? I, the thing with the light. All right, all right, Swiss is the imposter. He's the imposter. He sucks at it. He's not good at lying. But um, So I was just proud to see him. Uh, hope you do get to check that out, Mark. But we've been talking long enough. Mark, what do you got that's not pro wrestling this week? Send us home. Well, I, I guess first to, to cut that, I will say uh, last week I had I had to mention that my PS4, you know, it croaked on me. It was, you know, right, and ironically, right on, you know, Easter was kind of the day we knew like it it wasn't it wasn't 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 acting right anymore. But much like the man himself, within three days' time, <laughs> that PS4 was whistling right back. Uh, we're back. Uh, gotta give a shout out to in San Leandro, California. I think it's called EFX Computers. I mean, it's just a little computer shop, but. I knew it was the fan. Like I said, I, I knew it could be fixed. These guys fix it up real good. And I know some of you guys have old PS4s too. And maybe your fans loud because mine was fucking loud. I remember when I would play Monster Hunter with Sean and Chris, I use my camera as the mic. So me and Christine can talk to Sean and Chris and, they, and we can all hear each other and they could hear my fan. They're like, what's that buzzing? Sounds like, oh, that's the fan going right now. You can hear that on the mic. It's picking it up. And it's super quiet now. So got to give a shout out to that. You know, let's hope we get like five more years out of this PS4 uh, I Ma- got. Mark, if you mm-hmm. don't mind my chiming in, no, I just got to give a preview to the people. Um, you know, once again, if y'all don't know, we got a YouTube channel. Um, and our man, Mike, he makes a, a very entertaining segment for this stuff we like. And I just mm-hmm. got to say, Mike. I am hoping for the juiciest of Jesus photos for Mark's segment. I want some boulders moving over. <laughs> I want you to find the choicest Jesus photos you can find. Oh Let's not put video. too much on Mike. It's, it's a miracle that he does anything at all. That is just like above and beyond what I was expecting. Um, but outside of that, you know, the PS4 is rocking. Very happy. You didn't have to get a new one. Um, so. That's one thing I definitely like. And then, you know, hate to, to bring it back. We're doing a lot of WWE coverage, but uh, I have also been delving into more of the up, up, down, down YouTube channel, which I, I do find very fun. The wife enjoys it, too. You know, I think listening to the New Gay podcast kind of, you know, and she actually we, we knew she knew about Xavier because he was doing a lot of stuff with Penny Arcade and their D&D uh, game. So that, that kind of all just transitioned well to to making watching more up up down down stuff uh really fun you know and they have a lot of content so it was a lot of you know a lot of stuff to go through and watch but that's kind of it i don't didn't have a ton this week it was mostly the resurrection of the ps4 watching up up down down and i saw some clips of wrestlemania they were showing some stuff on youtube and i was like okay this someone's getting ddt on a stair let's watch that let's watch this but i didn't see the the moment that you were talking about when um the two uh sasha banks and who was the other one i'm not I, i've seen her she has like the big ponytail right (laughs) yeah i've heard a lot about her you know not following the sport i've seen a lot of her and have not seen her wrestle so i might try to check that out hey honestly i think we said it way back 
when I first started watching Up Up Down Down, you know, sporadically, it's it's a really good platform to get you interested in watching the WWE because you watch these guys and you like them as people, and it's just like, well, maybe I'll see what they're doing, what kind of hidings they get up to when they're you know playing make believe in the ring, anyways, you know, because that's more or less what they're doing um, on the YouTube channel. So yeah, that's all I got this week. Yeah. All right, fellas, it's, it's been a long episode, but. We had to talk about Jake Paul, right? You know, that's going to get get those mm-hmm. tags in, get those get those labels. We we know what's trending this week, guys. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for joining with my rambling. I'm rarely your host. I get a little excited, but I appreciate all of y'all bearing with us. All of you tuning in week to week um, for my fellas. I'm Kid Presentable. That was Dr. Law, DJ Mark, Lavender Gooms. Cheers, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye.